0: Thank you everybody for joining us. We're going to do a wonderful case of modern halacha and a new topic that we never even talked about, the laws of Kaddish. My own father passed away this year and I just want to say that one of the most heartwarming things that you connect to the person that you loved and cherished so much is through the Kaddish. Because even though they're not physically here, you're spiritually collect, connected and elevating them. We know that we Persian Jews, Rav talks about this idea. We Persian Jews have a custom. It's the three weeks right now that we are mourning the destruction of our temple. And Persian Jews visit the cemetery on the fast day, which is going to be in a couple of Sundays, the worst day of the year for the Jews, the ninth of Av, which both of our temples were destroyed. Many Jews visit their beloved ones, their loved ones that have passed away at the cemetery, at the Beta Kevarot, the Beta Chaim. And in Jerusalem, there is a custom to visit on the eve of Rosh Chodesh Nisan and the eve of Rosh Chodesh Elul, before we start Selichot. The question here is, some people have this custom, where even though there's not 10 men, they say Kaddish. The question is, is that appropriate to say at the cemetery? Unfortunately, my father of us memory, always used to get so upset about this, because people would, Do this on a constant basis. Say the Kaddish, which is a prayer that sanctifies God's name, that we say in the memory of the deceased people to elevate their soul without ten people. And should you answer, Amen. So Rav deals with this in Volume 6, Teshubah number 5 in Yechavedat. And he says it's very clear that the bedrock... And the foundation of our religion is that any holy prayer, davar shevi needs ten men. What is the uh, origin? The Gemara Megillah, the Bavli Talmud Bavli, twenty-three Megillah B, Kaf Gimel Amud says that the uh, we learn it from the ten spies. The princes of the ten tribes. Because it says, what does it say in the Torah? It says, I will become holy. Betoch ben Israel. Amongst the nation of Israel. And when Korach got swallowed in. The instigator of Moshe. Moshe says, he baldu ha'eda, Run away from inside of that evil congregation. And again, by the Meraglim, it says, "Edah." So we learn from there that how many princes said evil gossip about the nation, holy land of Israel? Ten. Because Kalei, like we read in this week's Torah portion in the Haftarah, Pinchas, that Kalev and Yehoshua obviously were staunch supporters of the land of Israel. So since 10 people desecrated the name of God, when we want to sanctify the name of God through prayer, we need 10 men. Now there's a second fascinating, I didn't know this, there's a second source, very important source according to the Rabbeinu Utam. The Rabbeinu Bachya brings it. That the Yoshalmi in Berachot chapter 6, chapter 7, halacha 3, says that no, actually we learn it from the ten brothers of Joseph, which were righteous. Because it says, Betoch amongst the people that came into the land of Israel to look for food during the famine when Joseph was the prime minister. It says Betoch, and it calls them the sons of Israel. So we see that Betokh Israel already in the beginning, Genesis it's telling us, is a codename for the ten tribes of Israel because obviously Benjamin and Yosef were not part of those ten brothers of Yosef because they were Joseph was already in Egypt. So the Yashami actually learns it that we this is the actual appropriate source to know that we need 10 men amongst the uh, nation of Israel to sanctify God's name. The Rabbeinu Tam says that this is the real source that he, he thinks is more appropriate and correct because why learn from 10 evil people that are causing us during these three weeks not to listen to any music and mourn the destruction of the temple. Uh because God said you guys cried for no reason, now I'll give you a good reason to cry. Rabbeinu Tam says it's much more appropriate to learn it from the righteous brothers of Yosef, which are the uh, source of all our nation. Now, we just want to bring out something very important, that uh, it's very clear from the Rambam and the Shulchan Arach, the Jewish Code of Law, chapter 55, that We can never, never say Kaddish less than 10 men. And there's no ands, ifs, or buts. There's no exception to that rule. So therefore, very simply, those people that are misguided and go ahead and say Kaddish with only nine people or eight people or five people or two people, you know, at the yurt site also, uh, since I was asked this question many times and I myself had to direct my brothers, we know that on the seventh day after the passing, we have to go visit the deceased in his burial spot. And on the 30th day after his passing, and the 11th month, and on the 12th month, all these times... It's a wonderful thing to take our custom for thousands of years of the Persian Jews and the Sephardic Jews for that matter is we would take 10 people amongst to say Kaddish and say Patach Eliyahu which is a portion of the Zohar and they say Kaddish. But you always need to have 10 people. Whoever does it with less than 10 people is mistaken, Rav says here. And if you are coerced to be there, you should not answer Amen. Now here's the thing, Rabbi Vady brings in his footnotes. I had one of my students from Israel uh, said that uh, this was a very, very interesting dispute she had with one of her neighbors and she asked me, it is true that we should not carry out any commandments, prayers, like the Shema or Davening Shacharit Minchar Arvit at the cemetery. Why? Because there's a halacha, it's a very famous and important halacha right in the beginning of the Talmud. It's called Loeg rosh Which means we do not learn Torah. We do not say Shema. We do not do stick out our sissit for the Ashkenazim that stick out their sissit in the cemetery. Why? Because we're making fun of the dead people. The dead people, after they pass away, they realize how precious the study of Torah and prayers and the commandments are. Now, when we stick it in their eyes that we're alive and they can't do it, it causes them spiritual pain. So, it's for this reason that the Maharal, Maharshal, and the Shah and the Bach, and the Prisha, there's many Ashkenazi poskim that say the same way. The same way you're not allowed to stick out your sissi do any commandment. So how are we allowed to say Kaddish if there are ten people? Aren't we hurting their soul? All those postkim actually hold, if you do want to say Kaddish, you have to go eight feet away from where the person is buried, from his burial spot. Then you could say Kaddish. Because then you're in a different area but Rav brings a beautiful idea here that says no. It is true that your personal prayers between you and God, like you want to do, put on tefillin or do it in the synagogue, like I'm sitting in right now. It's nishta props. It's not appropriate to do it on top of a dead person because they feel inferior and sad that they don't have the opportunity that platinum and golden and diamond opportunity to serve God. But the Kaddish is said to elevate them. You're there to support them. So Rabbi says a beautiful logical idea that the Kaddish, you do not have to walk away eight feet for Amut. Rather, since you're doing it to elevate the soul of not only that person, If you want to cover all bases, say all the people here, the Kaddish I say, I want their souls to be elevated. You're not, God forbid, making them feel inferior. Actually, you're there to support them. Now, why and how was it ever possible for people to start making such a fundamental mistake and start saying Kaddish with less than 10 people? So Ravadi brings a fascinating thing here that says that we know the Gemara in Ketubot, Bavli 103 says that the person that wrote the Talmud, the Mishnah, even after he passed away, he used to come home and say Kiddush Friday night by Yehulu for his family because his wife and family missed him a lot. So the Rabbeinu Yehuda HaChassin in Sefer Chassidim brings that when from the other world, heaven, the rabbi Yehuda Hanasi would come back on the physical world, he would actually wear Shabbat clothing, he wouldn't be like a ghost. He would function like, so, because we know that the, the righteous, even when they pass away, they're like alive. It's the people that have no spiritual connection that are like walking zombies and they're really, their soul is basically dead inside of them. The people that are in the, like my Rebbe says, the people that are, the righteous people that are in the cemetery are really alive and just sleeping. The people that don't care about God and the Torah, those people are unfortunately dead. The walking zombie dead. But the question that Rabbi Yehuda says is that, don't think that when Rebbe would come from the other world down, he was a ghost and a ghost, a ghost of a, a soul of a person that has no body would not be eligible to absolve you of your duty to say kiddush. Rather, since he was a sadiq in his death, he was like alive. So some people argue that, Hey, if I only have nine people and I'm at it praying, For the, uh, something from God and the Sadiq is the tenth person. So since Sadiqim during their death, they're like alive. I could count actually the soul of the Sadik, which is buried right there as the tenth person. First of all, that's absolutely wrong. There's no source for such a thing. And we don't learn halakha from stories of the Talmud. Like the Eshkol says, and the Yoshami says, and the Rashba says. And also, Ravavadia, in defense of the Sefer Hasidim says that there's a big difference. Rabbeinu Yehuda, which wrote the Talmud, when he would come to the physical world, he would become alive again, Ravavadia speaks. It's like, ha-metim. He would act and talk and walk like a normal human being. That was an extraordinary credit an opportunity God gave him. But if he would have came like a ghostly figure, he would not be able to be absolve other people from their duty. So therefore, such wild ideas are totally totally unacceptable. And also I just wanted to say parenthetically here, since it's a fascinating, fascinating thing that if you are a Kabbalist and you are in a desperate need of a minion obviously I just want to say that a family that is going through the emotional trials and tribulations of losing a lost one it's such a wonderful kindness to accompany them to thee if you're a good friend and good neighbor accompany them on the seventh day, on the thirtieth day, on the yard side of the passing, to for them to be, say, a uh, valid Kaddish, that is wonderful. But if you're a Kabbalist and you know how to make a golem, which is like a uh, body of a human without any soul, that won't help you because the Chacham Sevi, the great rabbi of Amsterdam around 500 years ago, says very clearly halachically, the, uh, if you can create from dust and say Kabbalistic names of God and you could tr- create a, technically a body, that person would not have the status of a Jew and most definitely would not have a status even of a human because it has no soul or just more like a robotic thing and will not <laughs> count towards your minion. Something very important also to understand is that Appropriate meaning, the 10 people should be shomer Shabbat. The 10 people should definitely, most definitely be Jewish. Now, on a side note here, Rabbi Badia brings the Khatam Sofer, which says that, how about Eliyahu the Prophet? I just want to say something here for the record. There are people alive today that have daily or weekly... Study with our great prophet Eliyahu, that angelic figure. If you become so refined and holy and godly and priestly, you can have his soul come from the other world and tell you secrets and divulge what's going on in the heavenly court. Now, the Khatam Sofer, Fasting Khatam Sofer, if you have uh, time to look it up, Volume 6 in his Teshubot, Siman 95, uh, 98, I, I apologize, says that when Eliyahu comes as a physical human being to learn Torah with Sadiqim, then he actually can be added as the 10th person. Because, uh again, he comes sometimes in the form of an Arab, he becomes disguised, but If he's physically, you could touch and feel him, and he's the appearance of a human being, then he is counted as the 10th. But when he's at a bris, (laughs) and you want to say you have nine people at a bris, at a brit milah, the holy, most holy of Jewish ceremonies, you cannot say Kaddish and say count Eliyahu. Because again, the same idea, if Eliyahu is in the form of a angel, a ghostly-like figure, you, there's no way. So same way, even if you're at the camera of a sadiq, and I would be doing you a disservice, it's true that many, many, many holy people in the land of Israel do go to the holy graves of the righteous on the eve of Nisan. My own cousin took me two weeks before Passover, before the Rosh Chodesh of Nisan, and on the Rosh Chodesh of Elul, but the Ben says two important things. God forbid we're not Catholic. We do not pray to the soul of the righteous person. It's for this reason that God never wanted Moses' Moshe Rabbeinu's burial to be known altogether. But even if you go to Rabbi Akiva or many, many unlimited righteous people we have, You have to have two methods. Either you pray to God that since you're trying to emulate and honor this righteous person, in his merit God should answer your prayers. Most definitely we're not praying to the person because there's only one God. We don't even pray to angels we have a direct connection to God. And the, or the second method you can use is very simply ask the soul of the righteous person to be your lawyer to go to God and have your heart's desires fulfilled. But it all begins and ends with God. We don't pray to the soul of the righteous person. This is a very fundamental thing to know because we are among a monotheistic religion and we have tremendous respect for all our saintly and holy men, but we never pray to them as a uh, deity or like, like the uh, pagan religions. Now, just to finally wrap it up, it is very clear that if you do end up seeing your second cousin or neighbor or friend that has not listened to this class, is not familiar, this tradition of saying Kaddish at a cemetery without 10 people is absolutely wrong. And so therefore, uh we should, living in a time where there's so much wonderful knowledge that's based, we have that Prince of Torah Rabbavadiyah that It's so wonderful. You know, we hear so much stuff that's like hot air. Now I'm not, I don't want to put down anybody's custom, but some customs, Gehinom and Minhag have the same words. So those customs that are valid, by all means, we should hold on to them. Like saying Patach Eliyahu at the gravesite. But this custom of saying Kaddish without 10 people is absolutely wrong potentially, God forbid, it could make the soul of the person you're doing more harm than good. And may God bless the soul of all the deceased. And us as a community should support each other. And an ounce of preparation is worth a world of wisdom. The prudent person, now that he knows that he needs 10 people to say Kaddish, he would organize it and take the 10 people. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget to subscribe.